What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Off the Wall Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew George, joined by my co-host, Michael T. Smith. Mike, how we doing? I'm doing fantastic, Andrew. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Sunshine's out. It's the, like, the first sunny day, and then it'll probably snow tomorrow in Cleveland. But um, uh, it's for now, we're doing well. <laughs> Hopefully not. This is the nicest <laughs> weather I think we've had all year. Um, but uh, as the last couple weeks, we have a guest this week on the show, and I'm very happy to introduce you all to our friend Italian Tony, Anthony Dershwin. Uh, Tony is a film studies major, super into film, so we're obviously going to talk about that a lot. But thank you for coming on the show, Tony. How are you doing? Oh, it's my pleasure to be on the show. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. You know, like you guys said, the sun is shining. The sky is a crystal clear blue. Vibes are high. <laughs> I got to say, Tony, you really do have a way with words. You do. Um, you do. But like I said, uh, you're obviously a film studies major. Um, I know I've obviously been to a few movies with you and you look at them from a lot of different angles and you actually take the time to critique them, which I think is really cool. Uh, but uh, we are going to stay on that same topic of film as we dive into our first question. We're going to go kind of around the table here with our favorite uh, movies varying by category. So the first one's going to be a comedy, and I'll flip this question over to you, Tony. But what is your favorite comedy film and why? All right. So, like, whenever, for no matter what genre it is, when someone's asking me what my favorite film is, it's definitely a tough question to answer because it could change depending on how I'm feeling when I ponder something more, maybe. But if I just had to, especially for comedies, because I don't like watch a whole ton of comedies, I watch them. It's just not as common as some of those other genres. So if I had to pick one for this category, just thinking about it, it would probably be Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of or seen that. Yeah, one. that's uh, that's one of those um eighty. I think yeah, eighties Eddie Murphy movies when yes. uh, he's a uh, isn't he like yeah? So he's a homeless guy, and then Dan Aykroyd is kind of like a rich corporate businessman, and then they switch places, like switch lives. That's exactly what it is. Oh yeah, it's a. I just. I mean, I love Eddie Murphy for one. The guys made me laugh since I was like you know two years old, <laughs> since I could think. And just something about the movie, it, it's always stuck with me because a lot of the jokes just hit for me. And I think on top of the comedy in it, it has a lot, it, it makes some interesting statements on like social classes and even race relations to some degree. I couldn't exactly put that stuff into words because I have to really think about it more. But it's, it's a comedy, but it has some actual depth and themes to it which i very much appreciate have you seen any other like um famous eddie, like eddie murphy movies like uh, i know because i'm a huge huge eddie murphy fan from his times on snl to like um beverly hills cop um all three of them they're all there's actually uh i enjoy all three um unlike a lot of people only like the first one but yeah <laughs> they're all three so have you seen any other of those eddie murphy movies i have seen the first beverly hills cop I obviously I enjoyed it a lot. I've seen parts of the sequel. I haven't seen it all the way through, but from what I saw, I liked that as well. And I am a huge fan of his old SNL. Oh. Huge <laughs> fan. Like the, those that those were the golden days. 
of Mr. SNL to me. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. I know Mike's seen that one. <laughs> oh, don't even. Oh, man. Gumby. You know, Dude, just. No- None of his skits, I don't think, will beat Mr. Robin's Neighborhood. I also got to recommend to you, Tony, um, if you haven't seen it, is Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, because it's kind of like the film you just talked about, where it dives into different social aspects, especially revolving around race, but it is also a comedy film. Uh, But that's a great movie, in my opinion, probably one of my 10 favorite all time. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah, I'll actually, I have like a literal list of movies to watch or re-watch, and I'm definitely going to put that one on there, because anything Eddie Murphy related, especially if it has some more dramatic elements to it, way up my alley. You ever seen any of his uh, stand-up, Tony? Like his old ones, like Delirious or Raw? I can't, I've seen maybe like snippets from them, from like uh like maybe YouTube videos or something, but I've never actually sat down and watched them straight mm-hmm. through, but that is something I would want to make a point of. Yeah, Delirious in particular is one of my all-time favorite stand-up shows. Really, really, really funny. The guy's just a natural talent, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, what about you? What are your, uh, What would you go with as your favorite comedy? So for me, I went with uh, Ted 2. Um, to me, <laughs> I do. Okay, so I think Ted Two is better than the original one, but the original one is great as well. Um, I just think this is one of the most underrated comedies ever. Like, I think it is absolutely hysterical. Um, obviously, I can't repeat a lot of what is said in the film. Um, but just among the many things they do, they throw apples at joggers at night. Um, and yell at them for exercising. They go to an improv comedy club, and <laughs> they, they suggest some things that should never be suggested in an improv club. It is hilarious. Um, and just like Mark Wahlberg, who does a fantastic job, and I think most any role he plays, um, I know he's in a lot more serious uh, movies like Lone Survivor and stuff like that. But that dude is so funny in this movie. Same with uh, the teddy bear Ted is played by Seth MacFarlane, who I think is a genius in his own right and wrote the movie. Um, but no, I to me, that is one of the funniest movies ever. Please, if you ever get a chance, watch it. And there's so many notable people in there. Um, Morgan Freeman's in it. Jay Leno. Um, Patrick uh, Warburton, the guy who plays Joe from Family Guy. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's in it too. Um, who's who's the guy that's in the Book of Eli? Why am I blanking on his name? Like super well known. The protagonist of the movie. No. Uh, anyways, I don't remember, but he's really well known too. But yeah, I definitely have to go with Ted. Not Ben Denzel. Denzel Washington. He's not in Ted. Yeah, yeah, him. Yes, he he's I was Ted actually going to say Denzel, but I was like, "There's no way." Wow. <laughs> Dude, one thing. Uh, one thing I got to. Uh, now that we're on Ted, I actually just. I'm. We're. I'm. I'm right now. I'm recording on my. Uh, on my bed in the basement, but we got. Um, like a bunch of old stuffed animals to the uh, left in the storage area, and I actually have a Ted doll that speaks. <laughs> Uh, when he squeezes his hand, so uh, I'm pretty sure it still works. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try that real fast. Oh, please do, Johnny. How about a beer? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Teddy Bruski. <laughs> yeah, I uh, as soon as you started talking about Ted, I ran over to go get that without uh, trying to make as much noise. <laughs> now we're cooking. So I guess well, I'm. Gonna... 
Yeah, I'm going to go with my uh, favorite comedy. So comedy is my favorite genre uh, to watch. So um, I'm going to shout out a couple real fast before I, I uh, go ahead and talk about one. So shout out Superbad with Jonah Hill. Uh, shout out on um, both the Anchormans. Huge shout out to Step Brothers. Um, I was going to go with that, but I figured a lot of people have seen that. So I wanted to go about kind of more uh, off the wall one. No pun intended. Um <laughs> And uh, so I want to talk about the movie Hot Rod, which I've mentioned several times on the show, but it's so good that I uh, I want to talk about it some more. And it's one of those like low budget comedies with just random goofy humor that like appeals to just my sense of humor. And it's with a uh, former SNL star, Andy Samberg. And basically the plot, why I love it so much, is Andy Samberg plays this amateur stuntman named Rod Kimball. And uh, Rod is living with his mom, his stepbrother, and his stepdad, Frank. And uh, basically, Frank doesn't respect Rod because they um, like Frank is like this older guy who works out all the time and uh, always challenges Rod to fights. But um, Rod can never beat him in a fight, like in a wrestling match <laughs> in their basement. So then um, he says that Rod's not a real man. And then Frank gets sick. So then Rod raises like $50,000 or something um, by doing like the biggest stunt by jumping 15 school buses. Uh, to raise money to cure Frank only so he can beat up beat him up when he's healthy to earn his respect. <laughs> that is a heck of a setup. Yeah. So uh, Hot Rod on Netflix. Um highly recommend it. Very one of the most underrated comedies. <laughs> hmm. Definitely definitely well, go <laughs> Completely flipping the script, I guess, from comedy. We're gonna shift the genre or excuse me drama right now uh, nice. Tony what's your favorite jo- drama film <laughs> what's your favorite genre <laughs> so, very smooth transition oh absolutely smooth as butter <laughs> as literally no one says so there's I watch obviously a lot of drama films too and there's probably a lot I could reference here but the first one when I was thinking about this question the first one that popped into my mind and one I'm probably going I'm just going to stick with it because the more I thought about it the more I was like yeah this movie just it it, it impacted me you know it's a uh, goodwill hunting oh with Matt sure. Damon and obviously Robin Williams and the, the reasons why I love this movie, it, it just obviously the, the soundtrack is great. The story is uh, extremely impactful. It here's basically the premise of it. It follows, uh, you know, a kid. I think he's like in his 20s. His name is Will Hunting. And he's a genius, like an extreme genius. He can solve like these complex mathematical equations. He remembers textbooks, things of that sort. But he doesn't. You. He kind of grew up in a, um, a not super well-off neighborhood. So he's not super inclined to embrace this intelligence. And as a result, he's just working a construction job. You know, he frequents bars and whatnot with his friends. And I think he works a janitor job as well in a university. And that's actually, there's a math teacher there, a professor there that discovers him through a series of events. Because, you know, I think he solves like an extremely complex equation. or That would be Will Hunting, solves an equation. And they're basically, but he has some past trauma and they're trying to, through the movie, get him to embrace this intelligence and go to the heights he can go to using it. And that's where Robin Williams character comes in. I think he's a psych 
I don't know if it's a psychologist or psychiatrist. He's, he's, a, he's a yeah therapist that he goes to. Therapist, yes. I always forget like which term to use specifically. And the movie then follows, you know, Will's life, like his personal life as he's going through this, and also his sessions with Robin Williams as it builds up. And it's just I know that was a really bloated explanation of it, but it's it's a really fantastic movie. It's my favorite Robin Williams performance. It's the it just proves how so a lot of these comedians are also great dramatic actors and they say um you know a sense of humor is a measure of one's intelligence and i really think that's indicative of robin williams's intelligence because of how great he is as a dramatic actor in this movie and I honestly couldn't agree more with that. And I'm really glad you gave that explanation because my favorite drama is actually Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's wow. one of my all-time favorite movies. And um, so I'm obviously not going to go into the plot, like as you gave a really good explanation on that. But um, I want to go off that point about Robin Williams because he is um, like the late great Robin Williams is one of my all-time favorite just entertainers. Um, I don't know of anybody else that can really or has really had the ability to make me literally fall out of my seat laughing from his time his earlier days like uh on the johnny carson like tonight show oh, to, uh, oh yeah like, oh yeah like uh good morning vietnam i don't know if you've seen the tony have you seen oh, that yeah. oh yeah oh yeah Love yeah that movie. So, like, stuff like that where he's just like one of the funniest dudes like i literally have ever seen um to go into stuff like dead poet society and uh <laughs> good World hunting and um like just the talent level to do that, um, I just think is unbelievable. So that's that's definitely why Good Will Hunting is my favorite drama. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. It's I just I love seeing something like that, and it just it just makes what happened with Robin Williams all the more tragic because he's such a thoroughly talented, wonderful human being, and it, it's sad that it had to end the way it did. And if you uh, if you actually want to learn more about that too, and for anyone listening, there's a really good um, documentary. I'm pretty sure it's on HBO. Um, I saw it a couple of years ago, and it uh, dives into his life about like just his life as a comic all the way to um, kind of like the different marriages and his relationship with his children and like his last days leading up to um yeah just leading up to his life. So um, highly recommend that for uh, I know you and uh, you and Mike would definitely like it, but also anyone listening. A lot of great insight with that. Hmm. Definitely sounds interesting. What about you, Mike? Uh, so for my drama, I'm going to go with Purple Rain, which stars the late, great Prince. Rest in peace. Um, so essentially, like I said, Prince is the star of the film, and he plays a character that's known as the kid, um, who's an up-and-comer. He plays at this club, uh, fairly often and that sort of thing uh but during his time and he's probably a late teenager in his early 20s um he's dealing with a lot of issues at home his mom and dad fight a lot um and actually in the movie um there's a lot more drama that centers around his family which i won't get in because i I don't want to spoil it um he meets this girl that he ends up developing a relationship with and then he has a rival band that's outperforming him at this club um and he may lose his position there and um so the film is titled purple rain which is also his most well-known song and it's played at the end of the film um and i'm telling you like 
when I saw that scene, I got goosebumps immediately. It was just one of those types of moments in a movie. Um, I absolutely loved the ending scene there. It also has a great soundtrack in general because it is all Prince's greatest hits, basically. Um, but I would definitely recommend that to anyone. I know it's on Netflix, but that would be the drama I'd go with. Would you say it's your favorite soundtrack uh, from like any movie you've seen? Yes, because... like. So I liked all the music in it. That's why I think there's other soundtracks that have had better music overall, if that makes sense. But yeah. they have had songs too that hit or miss. I just think like all the songs in that were great. So it, it's the greatest soundtrack in that aspect, though there's other soundtracks that may have better music, if that makes sense. Yeah. Plus, I know how much you uh, like how much of a Prince fan you are, like in general, like just of his music and his like style and what he like what just what he did for music. So that makes sense. Watch uh, the Super Bowl clip too of him playing Purple Rain. That's pretty crazy too. Oh, so what do you know? What's Super Bowl show? <sighs> um, honestly, I don't remember the number. I'm not great with that, but it's crazy because it was the first Super Bowl where they really had rain, and they were worried about you know the rain and uh, affecting his ability to perform. And then Prince just looked at the dude and he was like, "Make it rain harder." It's crazy, like, what he was able to do. He I played like three different guitars during that performance, too, which is unbelievable. So that's crazy. Tony, uh, we're going to transition to your favorite action movie now. So, fire away. All right. So, this is definitely another interesting genre because there's – I've seen so many of these. I mean, there's a lot of movies that are, like, a mix of, you know, drama and action. So, they, they could still fall under this category – but honestly, if I had to pick my favorite for even though th this uh, this series can fall under many genres, but it definitely fits with action. I would probably have to pick Lord of the Rings. And I consider I say just Lord of the Rings because I consider the entire trilogy one work, one continuous film. Because, for one, that's how Tolkien, you know, obviously that's the author of the original Lord of the Rings books, the trilogy. He originally plans to release them as one giant novel. But publishers wouldn't take it that way because it would have been well over a thousand pages, you know, like War and Peace level. So they made him split it up into a trilogy. But even then, even when you're just watching the films, you can see how each film directly leads into the other, mm -hmm. like like literally seamlessly from the beginning and end of each one. You can they're just like it's one continuous journey, and to me, basically one continuous film. And it's just as for why I love it, it's just to me, it's just the what the single best example of how you can take a genre like fantasy or science fiction which oftentimes can be outlandish you know because if it's low budget or just if they don't take the work seriously enough but you can make it into something of true just not only cultural impact but just emotional impact with how the the, the acting in these movies i mean i think to this day return of the king is tied with gone with the wind i believe for the most oscar wins in history i'm pretty it got like 12 i think or something like that that's and return of the king is the third one in the trilogy just to clarify and it's just there's 
um, there's drama, there's romance, there's action, there's some comedy mixed in there at parts. It, it's just there. It's such a thoroughly phenomenal trilogy of movies that I would definitely have to pick that as my top pick for action. Now, would you right now we're talking about trilogies. I'm going to ask you, what would you, what trilogy do you like more? Lord of the Rings or the Dark Knight trilogy? And I'm asking that because my favorite action movie is the Dark Knight. So what do you what would you roll with? That is definitely a very good question because obviously both of them are phenomenal movies. Dark Knight is another example, similar to Lord of the Rings, of how you can take uh, the superhero genre and instead of it, you know, I love the Marvel movies, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but just most of them are just, they're, they're fun popcorn flicks and they're super fun to watch in theaters and to watch the continuity, but they don't have a whole ton of depth beneath mm-hmm. the surface like you know really deep themes or you know philosophical musings things of that sort the dark knight trilogy has that it elevates the comic book genre so it, it's another one of those examples absolutely phenomenal trilogy i would still have to stay with lord of the rings personally just because it had more it is um I haven't cried the many movies, but Return of the King, the ending, gets me almost every time. If if I don't cry, it just makes me emotional. Yeah, I, guess I can't the, even. Those waterworks going. Oh, yes, it does. It turns on the faucets, so to speak. But it's just, <laughs> I, I would, I love the Dark Knight trilogy as well. But I think I'm gonna have to just stick with Lord of the Rings, just because it has a bit more impact for me personally. I feel it. I feel it. Um. So why I had to go with the Dark Knight is like as good as I mean you just explained how great of a trilogy Dark Knight really is but oh yeah um it's widely regarded as the best movie in the Dark Knight trilogy so like the actual one like the Dark Knight mm-hmm. and um Heath Ledger delivers one of the most memorable performances ever as the Joker and what's interesting about what he did to really get that position was so I don't know if many people know but he actually originally auditioned for the role of Batman. But Christopher Nolan felt that he would be best suited as the Joker. So what he did was after getting that role was he locked himself in a hotel room for six weeks and read all the comics where the character appeared. And um, there's been rumors as to whether or not that contributed to his um, death at such a young age with kind of like drug usage and stuff. But um, needless to say is um, his performance in that is one of the best movie performances I've ever seen. So that's what I would roll with. But um, what about you, Mike? Well, to be honest, to be honest, action films are probably the category I watch least of any of these that we have. Um, so I remember watching James Bond's Skyfall several years ago when I was a kid once, and I liked it. Uh, but I can't really comment on it because I don't remember too much of it. But <laughs> that was fair. a good film. Uh, so on to horror, Tony. What's your favorite horror? <laughs> <film>? <laughs> I mean that okay that's that works. Um okay so this <laughs> uh horror is another genre. I used to be obviously t- you know t- what horror does. I was terrified of it and I was reluctant to even watch horror very much. But I finally did. I went to the I think I was like 15 or 16. I started going to the theater to see horror movies and I realized how much I actually love this genre. So I've been watching more in the recent years. And there's obviously, there's different types of horror. There's like the slow burn, usually better shot, well-crafted horror movies. And then there's like 
the cheesy horror movies, you know, like slashers, things of that sort. So if I, I this isn't my favorite franchise, I'll get to or movie, I'll get to that in a second. But I just got a shout out to the Child's Play franchise. Well, I was gonna yeah. say before you go, I'm, I was gonna guess is it SpongeBob Sponge Out of Water? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually oh my lord, it's actually the Fairly Odd Parents movie with Drake Bell. <laughs> phenomenal work but i'm saying i gotta i gotta shout out the child's play franchise corny is all you as you can imagine you know the the, the jokes it's so weird but i I can't even really put my finger on why i enjoy these movies so much it's just fun seeing an animatronic doll going around and you know doing naughty things so to speak (laughs) So that's a that's weird sounds, way to put it. Sounds yes, that's an interesting way to put it. It's it's a smashing good franchise, but as far as actual quality goes, if I've got to pick a horror movie, I thought about this hard. Again, I've got to shout out The Shining because mm-hmm. it's not my top favorite. It's close, but that movie, just the atmosphere in that movie, the way it's shot, had to mention it. But for my top pick i would probably have to go with hereditary oh i've never seen that and some people do say that hereditary it you know it's overrated it wasn't that scary to them i can understand that but the reason this movie scared me it took you know i have a problem nowadays when a horror movie does like the whole demon trope you know (laughs) where like there's a demon haunting something because it's just oversaturated it's generally not scary by the time the end of the movie comes around it's almost like an action movie because they're showing the demon and it's like rah you know chasing everyone (laughs) (laughs) you are exactly like that it just takes away the impact doesn't do much for me hereditary takes that and it elevates it to a level where when i first watched it I was like, that was pretty good. You know, it it creeped me out in some parts. But the more I thought about it, the more this movie bothered me. And it just some of the shots, especially in the the whole explosive ending, which I will not get into in case anyone wants to watch it. But the shots are phenomenal. But what really got me with this movie was the aspect of the family in the movie. It's um, a mother father and then their son and their daughter just the the way this family just fell apart as the movie went on and they have these horrible arguments and these horrible tragic moments that are just so real that's what was scary to me not the not the demon part of it it was the the real part of this how the, how this stuff actually happens in the real world families falling apart and failing as they did in this movie some of the best acting i've seen recently especially with dramatic scenes but that's that, that just I, I just as you see i have a lot to say about the movie but that's probably why this would be my top horror pick um what year was that filmed in uh 2018 i believe it came out. Oh, so yeah, it's a recent one then. Yeah, oh yeah, that that one it's pretty new, and there's uh, some great old ones too. But this just out of all the horror movies I've seen, that one stuck with me the most. See, that's funny because mine, um, mine's actually a recent one from 2017, so like one year before yours, um, is the movie Get Out. So, um, ah, 
Yeah, a lot. That's that's a that's a fan favorite one. But um, so that's directed by the very very talented Jordan Peele, who a lot like a lot of people know from Key and Peele, which is ironic because this was his yeah. like, directing debut and it is nothing. It's not at all similar to Key and Peele. <laughs> so, no, yeah, no, it's a horror debut. So um, really, I don't want to risk spoiling anything by describing the plot because it's such a good movie. But so I'll give a very broad explanation <laughs> just to play it safe. So it's um, about an African-American guy named Chris who goes to visit his white girlfriend Rose's family. And let's just say things take quite the turn. I'm going to leave it at that because uh, I don't want to see. I mean, Tony, you can attest to this. Like uh, I there's different uh, plot twists and stuff. I don't want to mess around with that. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, but um. What I think is super interesting, too, is actually what I just learned um, this morning as I was kind of looking into the movie a little bit because it's been a while since I've seen it. And um, what's cool is that Jordan Peele actually wrote the screenplay during Barack Obama's first term in office, but didn't want to release it because there was like this public perception that racism was a thing of the past. And um, but then around the time, like 2015, 2016, 2017, around that time. So kind of recently with the increase in uh, like police violence and uh overall violence against african-americans um and the public eye that we really really we haven't seen for a little while at least from like the media's perspective with this emergence of that um and black lives matter he decided like okay let's go ahead like let's do this movie because i think it can generate the buzz now that it couldn't generate um when obama was serving his first term back in 08 so um i thought that was uh i thought that was really interesting because um just to show like he had this thing like the screenplay for so long i mean over like o- almost a decade so i thought that was really interesting yeah i never knew that but it, it makes sense it, it was a timely release and i think it was smart of him to do that honestly it had the impact that was oh. intended oh yeah what about you mike what are you rolling with so mine's also a jordan peele film and it's the one that proceeded uh get out which i have yet to see although I've heard it's great, uh, so I definitely want to put that on my list of movies to watch. Uh, but I chose Us, um, and mm-hmm. if you don't know the plot of this film already, it's essentially doppelgangers that go out and try to kill the rest of society. Well, they try to kill their own um, doppelganger, so they're other them, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, but I, I thought it was a great movie. I think the ending is confusing to a, a lot of people. Um, and, but I think it gives you room to kind of think about what the movie was about. And I think this is more of a psychological thriller than a true horror, but I also don't watch too many horror films myself. Um, but I think the one interesting takeaway that I got from it, and this might not be what he intended, um, but I think the movie kind of reflected how our society will distance themselves from certain groups of people and kind of turn their back on, uh, you know, these groups that are within our society. And I think that's evident by you had the doppelgangers that were living um, in subway channels underground, out of sight, out of mind for several years until they finally attacked everyone. And I just found it really interesting. I won't say uh, what happened at the end, but the image that the movie ends with, I think, kind of reflects that perspective. Um, but nonetheless, I, I just thought it was a great movie. Um, and kind of like Andrew said, Jordan Peele's a genius, especially considering he went from a Key and Peele type, uh, you know, genre to horror, which he was completely new to. And he did an unbelievable job in that movie and from what I've heard and Get Out as well. Yeah, it harkens back just real quick to that point 
I made about Robin Williams when I said how um, comedy is almost a measure of intelligence oftentimes. And now we're seeing Jordan Peele is this masterful director. These awesome. I mean, some people say they're overrated. I don't really think so. I see completely why these movies get the praise they do. I, I also am yet to completely see get out, but that's, that's also on my to see list, but I did see us. I mean, a matter of fact, we all went to see it together and yeah. And that's what that movie had. That gave us some great conversation after we saw, because like Mike said, just that it, it leaves you with a lot to think about. Yeah. We talked for about, um, if I'm, I'm correct with this about like 45 to like 50 minutes. Outside of oh, the I think South- it, it might have even been longer. Oh, yeah, oh, just sure. outside of the theater. Outside, yeah, outside of the yeah. South Park Mall. Yeah. Gateway, and then we went to Chipotle, and um, I got my rice for um, 99 cents. Uh, <laughs> Literally, when I walked out of the theater, like, my mind was just racing as the what-ifs to, like, what everything meant. It was awesome. The conversation afterwards was awesome, too, but the ending was great. Oh, yeah. Completely agreed. What's interesting is that Jordan Peele, um, I don't know when it's scheduled to release or even if it did or not, but he was remaking the uh, the Twilight Zone, um, which is really interesting. Oh, season two is coming out soon. Oh, actually, so, so he first, already released no. the first season. Yeah, I gotta get season two. Season two just got revealed like a day or two ago, or recently, very recently. So oh, it's I'll actually funny you bring that up. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Um, uh, well, okay, now going in a completely different genre <laughs> direction, uh, we want to ask you, Tony, um, what would be your favorite animated film? Ah, uh, yes, this is another genre I love. I've seen so many good movies in this. Um, I need to shout out Up, for one, because that movie, especially just the themes in that movie are so to me just powerful impactful and i love that it's technically a kids movie but at the same time it has such depth to it that i just i have to shout out up but my favorite my number one favorite would have to be toy story 3 that's honestly, the saddest movie of all time because... <laughs> what's up that's one of the saddest movies I can remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's I'm not even afraid to like to this day, I would say like eight out of ten times that ending still gets me. Like I said, the waterworks that I I don't because, well, I do have a good reason for it. I love this movie. I mean, for one, just because it's an example of how to perfectly just end. I know Toy Story 4 came out. I got separate feelings on that. But it's the perfect way to just end a storyline to respect the legacy of a franchise and how to properly end a trilogy or a series. And just, again, the themes in this movie of growing up and letting go of your childhood, you know, that that I mean, when I, I was 10 when I saw Toy Story 3 and it made me cry when I was 10. OK, for obvious reasons for the ending. But when nowadays it still impacts me because I'm in that transitional stage right now as we speak. So just seeing that those themes of just letting go of your childhood, trying to move on and grow up. And it's just I just I can't say enough. That movie is very near and dear to my heart. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's some people call the Toy Story trilogy one of the best trilogies of all time. And I they're all because all three of them are great. They all have their merits. 
But I love a lot of animated movies. It's definitely got to be Toy Story 3 for me. Though. See, uh, mine is also going to be like another kind of classic one. Uh, this will always be my favorite animated movie ever is The Lion King. Um, for that, the original, not the remake. Got to clarify that. Um, because <laughs> seeing the remake and the original, yeah, you, you, you'll know why. But um, mm-hmm. so yeah, and everything from the soundtrack to the, the wisdom of Mufasa and Rafiki, it's nothing better. And I also want to give a quick little shout out to the movie Coco because I just saw Coco last night. And it's um, one of the best animated films I've ever seen. Surpassed expectations like crazy. Soundtrack is amazing. Um, there's a surprising plot twist towards the end, which obviously I'm not going to say, but um, for a new age Disney movie, um, was caught me off guard. And I almost uh, got the waterworks going in the end. Uh, it's an emotional ending. So uh, go see Coco. You will not regret it. I still got to see it. That's yeah. Again, one of my top things. I'm so mad I missed that movie in theaters. Uh, what about you, Mike? So I've got two that I'll go through uh, real quickly here. Um, as a kid, mine was Robots. I don't know why. I just <laughs> loved that movie. <laughs> uh, so basically, it's if I remember the plot correctly, because I haven't even seen it in years. Um, I believe it's evil robots trying to take over the world from good robots. Um but no, I, I just love that movie for some reason as a kid. My favorite animated film now is Sausage Party. And I've only oh, watched God. it two or three times. But I mean, okay, first of all, Seth Rogen is just absolutely hysterical. Um, so th- this was a comedy. But my God, is the movie so funny? And the, <laughs> the thing that I can't believe is like they had to have spent so much money on copyright infringement type stuff because they had the scene in the beginning of the movie where they were completely mimicking saving private ryan they did all the meatloaf stuff i i just it was unbelievable i would have to imagine they paid a lot for that sort of thing and then the last scene uh which i won't describe at all just had me like laughing and dying on the floor i think i know what you're talking about with the yeah um <laughs> <laughs> it was great though definitely if you haven't seen it i recommend it um you might have a few less brain cells after you watch it but i still think it's worth the watch uh, yeah that's that's one that um i remember being reluctant to see it in theaters because um, i was scared i didn't know what <laughs> what to expect but um so now kind of switching gears uh from movies to uh, I know nobody knows more about not just movies but also kind of like gaming consoles and I know we I know we've talked a lot about it so I wanted to ask you Tony what would be your go-to favorite throwback gaming console um and if you had to choose one game to play on it what would it be All right another great question um I grew up as a Nintendo guy I wish I could have gotten the older PlayStations and things of the sort, but I don't regret my history with Nintendo here. So throwback console, 100% would have to be the GameCube. Absolutely love it. I still play it to this day. I have it hooked up in my room. And one game on there that I would have to pick, it would have to be Luigi's Mansion. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you guys something. In my heart, there is Jesus and there is Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> Two, those are the two halves of my heart, baby. Luigi's Mansion, I love that game. It has some problems. It's, you know, it's a bit short. It can be repetitive. I couldn't even, just something about the atmosphere. It, it, it juxtaposes this realistic Victorian-type 
art style, like the mansion itself, with the weirdness of like Luigi's design or the Toads from Mario. You know that that it's it. I just I don't know. The game's always been special to me. It's always stuck with me over the years. I replay it at least once a year. Like I just replayed it a couple months ago. So that would definitely be that GameCube and Luigi's Mansion for me. Uh, mine, I think you're gonna like Tony, especially uh, because of a uh, little uh, recency bias. Is PlayStation Two, and um, yeah, my brother and I would we would have friends over, and we would play WWE uh, Six Man Money in the Bank ladder <laughs> match, and that we would kill an easy two and a half hours. Um, like that would just be that would be the go to. And Tony and I actually dug out Shrek Two, the video game, a couple months ago. <laughs> and started that adventure and the thq loading screen would just be shaking like for 20 minutes and then the uh ps2 would also shake it sounded like a lawnmower and uh but it was it would kept on trucking through and um so with that being said though my game of choice would definitely be nfl street to this day is still hands down the best sports game ever made uh you could jump off the walls in the second nfl street and I would pay infinite amount of money if it would be remastered for a PS4. That would that would make me very happy. <laughs> Gotta wonder if they will. Oh, I, I don't know. I've I've tried tweeting at a uh, at PlayStation. <laughs> they're, they're not they're not listening to me. <laughs> what about unfortunate? You? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna kind of roll with the same, with the same train Tony was on with the GameCube. Um, yeah. I remember I used to play it at my cousin's house when I was younger and my parents wouldn't let me have video games at that time. Uh, so I never had one of my own. So I always love going over there and playing that. Um, but I'm just going to, I have four games. They're all Mario games. That would be in mind for that console. Um, Mario Kart would be number one. I'm the self-proclaimed best player you'll ever find at Mario Kart. I welcome Everybody the says that about themselves. Yeah, but I'm right. So um, I challenge, or anyone can challenge me. I will play you. Uh, my second one would be Mario Super Sluggers, which is a baseball game, but it's just so much oh, fun. Yeah. It's just so weird. I mean, it's a weird uh, combination. Have, yeah, you have the plant guy who throws a baseball out of his mouth while hitting it with his leaf, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, the dudes that use tree trunks, Donkey Kong uses a boxing glove, so it's just a great game. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine oh. is my third one, which I think is just an awesome game. That was the one I probably played the most when I would go over to my cousin's house when I was younger. And then Mario Party would be my fourth one. That is a oh, great yeah. like co-op game uh, just to play with other people if you have them over. Just so much fun. Yeah, I'll tell you something. Super Mario Sunshine, that's another one that is very dear to me and there's very strong rumors that they're remastering it for the nintendo switch this year so looking forward to that should it ever happen i certainly hope so (laughs) absolutely so uh switching gears a little bit tony um Andrew and I were curious to know what kind of drives you or what inspires you in life to be who you are right now or, you know, to lead yourself towards future goals. Of course, that is another very good question. Um, So there's I would say there's two parts to this. There's two answers to this. The first part would definitely have to be my immediate family here, my brother, my mom and my dad, because all three of them are people that I just, I thoroughly look up to. Like right now, my mom and dad are, my mom, my dad's a detective and my mom is a nurse. 
So as you can imagine during the current situation, uh, that's, that's not easy to do. And the fact that they still do it, they work, they help other people, that kind of drive and that kind of purpose in life is incredible to me. And I just, I deeply look up to that. And then my brother has, he's always been a role model for me. Like when I was younger, I would, you know, I would copy him oftentimes and, you know, whether, whether it was the way he was talking or the things he was doing, I always looked up to my brother. He's, he's always been, and he'll always be my best friend in life. I can tell you that. And I'll, you know, so that's the one part. And then this is just a more abstract thing, I suppose. But if I had to think of a second thing in life that inspires me, it would just be, this is going to be a, a, a broad term, but I'll explain. It's going to be beauty. And I define beauty as just whether I'm on top of a, of, of a cliff or a mountainside and I'm overlooking a, a beautiful shimmering sea, you know, a, for, a work of nature, or whether I'm just in public and maybe I see an, an old lady who drops her bags and someone comes along and helps her pick them up. You know what I'm saying? Just those little human acts that remind us in this oftentimes dark and sometimes cruel world that there's good out there. There's stuff to fight for. There's stuff to live for. There's stuff to look up to. That's the kind of thing that just beauty in life and in nature that gives me that feeling of wholeness and of purpose to persevere and to keep moving forward in life and trying to reach my goals. No, I, I love both of those answers too. Um, Cause obviously I think it's great. You know, if you, if you are fortunate enough to have a family structure and that you can look up to, you know, people who surround you every day um, and that sort of thing, just because, you know, it's obviously great to have that every day while you're growing up. Um, I also love your point about uh, beauty because I think, like you said, it can be defined in so many different ways. And I think, especially, you know, when you're watching the news every day and that sort of thing, a lot of times you can look at humanity and be like, I mean, what's going on here? But to see those small acts of kindness, the individual acts of kindness, and then I think just the beauty of the world around us in general, like you were describing, I, I agree with you completely um, in those aspects. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What's up, everybody? I am back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for those of you that, uh, uh, if you weren't able to tell, Andrew did have some connectivity issues as his Wi-Fi has been struggling a bit here today. <laughs> yeah, it seems as if my um, my connection got zoinked a little bit. Um, uh, maybe the uh, dude who was mowing the lawn outside, I don't know, hit some cord. Um, maybe might be to... <laughs> cutting his internet connection. Yeah, might who knows? Be some tomfoolery going on. Maybe he uh, has got something out for me. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll talk to him later on there, but um. <laughs> So what are we talking about who inspires you <laughs> yeah and actually you jumped in at a perfect time because tony kind of wrapped up his thoughts on that oh sweet um yeah so i guess i'll go with <laughs> who inspires me so mine is definitely got to be my family and um on last week's episode with the other tony d uh tony Ooh. dick Professor dick um uh, i we talked a lot about family but for me it's really um per- my family but particularly my brother um peter and my sister sarah um, they're my best friends. Uh, they have been for 19 years. That's how old I am, in case you didn't know. And 
<laughs> just to throw that out <laughs> to throw that out there birthday's coming up in august if you want to send some gifts but um yeah so b- both have taught me um like a lot and i am the youngest in my family so i've been really lucky to kind of take note on how they go about certain things and really go to them for advice whenever i need to and um in the end they've uh i don't know they've really been with me through like the happiest and the saddest moments of my life and um they're there like where I often look back and remind me that there's no adversity that's really like too great to overcome. Like when you look at the grand scheme of things and I know I think they will always serve um, as my greatest kind of inspiration for whatever I go about. I absolutely see that. That's it's, it's similar to what I said. I said for one part of my answer, my immediate family here thoroughly. And so like I said, my brother, you know, my own brother is my best friend and I just, I look up to everything he does, his, you know, his intelligence, his drive, and then my parents, you know, it's, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Very good answer. When I was on my little uh, connection vacation, Mike, did you share an answer? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh, okay, <good. laughs> But no, uh, and kind of like I was telling Tony before you joined, I think family is definitely uh, a great source for that inspiration for those that are lucky enough to have that immediate family connection. Um, I think for me, and this might come off as bizarre, but I'll explain it here in a minute. Um, for me, it's my younger self, if that makes any sense. I get um, that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because, with that. Well, no, I think about this a lot. And I think, um, I don't know, and this might go back to the point Tony made earlier when we were talking about movies and, you know, trying to, you know, you maybe wanting to stay connected with your childhood self or that sort of thing. Um, and not always wanting to let go. But I think for me, it's just, I want to be like, if I were able to go back to my younger self, I would just, I wouldn't want him to be disappointed of me, I guess, in a way of putting it, because, you know, you think about when you're younger, you have so many dreams and aspirations before certain things become reality. Um, and I just, I, for myself, I would want, to be someone that my younger self isn't disappointed in and someone that he finds is happy, uh, you know, with life, I guess. Um, and I think for me, because I still haven't, I'm at a point in my life where I'm still trying to figure out, you know, my purpose in life and the purpose of everything. So it's hard for me to necessarily drive inspiration from that. Um, but I think that is something I want to find, not just for myself, but for my younger self, um, who I ultimately would not want to be disappointed in me, you know, when everything is said and done. So that would be probably my main inspiration in life, at least as of now. And I, I agree with that, like on a lot of different levels, but because like, that's something I think about too, is I feel like looking back, I know we've talked about this so much, Mike, but like, just like being able to look back on when you were younger and when times were simpler for a lot of different reasons, as opposed to being college students now and the added pressure of like professional development and grades and academics and like our life literally. So I feel like being able to look back kind of like helps us, like you said, like kind of put stuff in perspective. And um, I don't know, I feel like that can serve as an inspiration, at least for like the way I look at it is like, it'll serve as the inspiration as if like, like I've come 19 years, 19, 20 years, however old you are. And like, I mean, whether you went through stuff when you're younger and stuff, it just kind of serves that inspiration that in the end, like, I mean, time will be the victor, honestly. So as depressing as that may sound, but um, no, it's truth. It's yeah. the truth of life. Yeah. But now sticking with this, uh, 
little truth truth of life thing as tony tony puts it um if tomorrow was your last day on earth tony how would you spend it and we're forgetting social distancing here um <laughs> of course of course yeah, this is your own scenario um go for it so i would you know, first, like the first knee-jerk reaction thinking about it, I'd say like, you know, I'd want to go to a beautiful place on like Italy or, you know, maybe Japan, you know, something where you could just see some beautiful sites, some exotic sites. But upon pondering it more, thinking about the question further, I just, I thought of what I'd really want if I had one last day on this earth, especially at this point in my life, you know, when I haven't branched out all that much and whatnot i think i would honestly want to have just a party at my house a gathering at my house and i would invite each and every person that means anything to me whether even if they're just like an acquaintance to me and i would want to invite them to come here and just hang out for one day so i could see everyone i've known uh one last time and just speak to them uh, you know, tell them maybe what they've meant to me and just have some final great conversations with them to kind of, I don't know, like cement my legacy with them, I suppose, if that makes sense. And just to, to see everyone that's mattered to me and that shaped my life into and shaped me into who I am just one last time. I think that's how I'd want to spend it. Hmm. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Um, Mike, what about you? I actually love that answer, Tony. So I'm yeah. probably going to steal some of yours and add it onto sure. mine. No, of course. Um, but no, I like, I, I'd obviously want to spend that time with my, uh, family, um, and spend, you know, I guess the last valuable time I have on this earth with them. Um, for me, I love baseball. So I think part of that day would just be going to a game and hanging out at the ballpark. Uh, Cause there's something about that environment that uh, for me can't be replicated anywhere else. I just want to be outside in general too. And I think to wrap up the day, I guess in the evening, if it's a true day or what have you, and the clock strikes midnight and it's over. Um, I think like what Tony said, I love that just literally anyone that's had any sort of impact on my life. Um, you know, be it little or small, uh, if you're a close friend of mine or even just a working acquaintance. I mean, just to tell you what you've meant to me. Um, I mean, I think there's so many people that we meet throughout our life. And obviously, sometimes, you know, you disconnect with them and that sort of thing. But I mean, if I could just tell them, hey, like, this is the impact you had on me, whether or not you knew it, I think that would be a great way to go out and have those conversations with people. Entirely agree. Well, since I got to follow those two uh, really good answers, <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to uh, steal some of that. But um, mine is uh, kind of like what you guys said is um, being with people that have meant everything to me, um, whether it be my immediate family or just my best friends. Um, so they're going to be a part of this scenario. But like I mentioned, because this is my scenario and if I'm going to die tomorrow, I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, in this scenario, where we are all living in somewhere in Southern California, and here's how it's going to go. In the morning, I'm going to wake up and eat my Coca-Cola marinated steak taco from Barrio while watching um, my favorite episodes of How I Met Your Mother, because at this point, Barrio has now expanded to the West Coast, um, and deservingly so. Uh, that's in the morning. In the afternoon, I'm going to go to the uh, famous Venice Beach basketball court with my boys and we're going to play uh pickup basketball overlooking the ocean because basketball is my favorite thing in the world and for lunch we're going to have in and out burger um and i know some people 
like that I know say, say it might be <laughs> overrated. <laughs> it is like, overrated. It's not overrated. You've had it like one time. But um, <laughs> that was enough. It was uh, um, it's always been my favorite when I li- when I used to live um, out west in Arizona. So I'm gonna have that for lunch, and at night, um, like well in the morning and afternoon, I kind of like it's a mix of my family and my friends. At night, it's just gonna be my family and I, and we're gonna go to this restaurant in Los Angeles that I went to um when I went on spring break there with my uh, mom and my sister, and it's called uh, Las Brisas and. It has hands down the nicest view I've ever seen. Um, you're overlooking the ocean. Uh, there's like green walkways and like different kind of like cool, like coolly shaped bushes. That's like hard to explain. <laughs> but like, like green walkways and like palm trees all around you. Um, and I'm going to order fresh shrimp and I'm going to go out like a champ. <laughs> now that sounds phenomenal. Yeah, pretty. It's kind of kind of detailed, but um, no. that, that's, how, that's how I want to spend it. That's perfect. It is your last day. Uh... Exactly. Yeah, my last day is what's what we're doing. You guys, you guys better be out in uh, Southern California at that time. Cause uh, what if, <laughs> what if all of our last days are on the same day? Oh, oh, dude, drop the mic. If we had a mic right now, I would drop it. <laughs> <laughs> drop the metaphorical mic. Metaphorical. I'd pick up my MacBook, just throw it on the ground. <laughs> Shatter the screen. It Shatter is the- worth it. You made your point. <laughs> oh gosh. But um, no, that's that- uh that that's uh that's an interesting scenario to think of i guess we'd have to come together and think of a game plan then honestly that's true it'd be uh yeah i know we'd have to combine the elements we can incorporate movies baseball basketball and tacos (laughs) we got baseball for my barrio white cheese dip (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh ten dollar queso why not it's the last day on earth oh exactly we'll split it <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says, even though I don't eat it, and then I get fitted with part of the bill. <laughs> throw it on Mike's. Hey, you got the uh, like eighty dollar gift card, so. <laughs> hey, you got the tab. Got the tab. <laughs> I think you do. I think he does. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's it for this week's episode. But um, I know Tony, Mike, and I want to thank you again. Um, you're yes, you. one of the greatest dudes and it's not an understatement one of the greatest dudes i know um in all honesty and i can't thank you thank enough you, for, um, yeah just for being on this episode and talking with us and um once quarantine time is over we'll uh we'll all get together go see um hopefully at that point the meg 2 will be out um because uh, <laughs> the first meg was mike's favorite movie so um <laughs> the blockbuster of the decade <laughs> <laughs> but um no yeah so hopefully we'll all get together when things are done but um thank oh, absolutely you the, thank you for those that have listened um as always remember to uh follow us on instagram and twitter at off the wall underscore bw for more content and uh reach out to us about anything you want to hear talked about and um thank you again Gotta